The Rockets Chop Shop is your one-stop shop for all your basketball needs. For highlights, analysis, podcasts, we do it all here at The Rockets Chop Shop. Make sure you hit the like button on the videos that you watch if you enjoy them. Hit the subscribe button to get notifications from all the great drops that we have on the channel. Also, you can visit the Chop Shop merch store and get you some of the swaggiest gear in the Houston Rockets kingdom. And if you want, you know, you can always support the channel directly through donations. And if you want, you can support us through our partnerships with our sponsors. The Rockets Chop Shop is made by fans for fans. And we're going to keep rocking and keep dropping that heat. This is something I know. What is up, CSGs? In this uh, podcast, I'm going to be doing a preview of the Sacramento Kings versus Houston Rockets. We're going to be playing them twice. So, you know, I think we're playing them Saturday and Monday. So just wanted to give you guys a preview so you can get to know this team very, very well and how we perform against them. Um, the Kings have had the Rockets number, especially last year. Um, they went 4-0 against us um playing twice at home uh in sacramento and twice on the road here in houston uh but the games were closer than you actually think i actually think we match up very well with sacramento uh we have a very similar roster build to them and the difference now is to me is going to be what the new additions to the rockets are going to be able to to you know differentiate from who we had last year with kevin porter kj and Garrison Matthews got a lot of burn in those games. So um, definitely going to be a contrast in playing style with a new coach as well. So um, but I'm going to kind of dig through some numbers to give you guys some context and maybe let you guys know if I think we're going to win. So y'all tap in and enjoy. So just looking at the matchups against uh, the Kings, you know, the first two games that we played them last year were both in January 11th and 13th. We're in Sacramento. Um, the first one on January 11th was a pretty close game until the fourth quarter where they blew the doors off of us um, in the fourth quarter. The second game on the 13th, just, uh, you know, two days later, um, they just blew us out. Um, I think it was close at the half. Then in the third quarter, they came out and just turned up. And I think they might have scored like, I don't know, something crazy in that in that third quarter, maybe like 60 points or something like that or, or 40 points or 50 points. And then we could never recover from that. Uh, they came to Houston in February. And on February 6th, uh, they gave us a nice beating, a 20-point loss. And then the last time we played the Kings last year was on February 8th. That was the game that um, it, it went down to the wire. Now, that was a good game. And, you know, we showed a lot of promise in that game. And, you know, guys were hitting some tough shots. Um, and it, it really just came down to last-minute execution. And when we had chances to win the game, um, we just couldn't pull it out, right? Our guys just couldn't couldn't get those shots. If you guys remember, Jalen had 41 points in that game. Um, and you look at his, uh, you know, in that loss, um, our bench wasn't really there. You know, we only had Jacob, Bruno Fernando, Tari, and Tate, right? So that was the bench that we were rolling into that game with, and it was a two-point game. Now, like I said, I, I really think we match up very well with the Kings, um, because, you know, you look at their roster, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, DeMontis Sabonis and Kevin Herter. Um, aside from the shooting, uh, there's not really much to me, in my opinion, that they could hurt us with as far as whether it's paint touches, dominance or, or getting downhill. 
Fox operates usually in the in the mid range. When he gets those uh, DHOs from from uh, from Demontis, he's gonna try to get to that pocket. Um, and especially uh, Shangun playing the drop coverage, um, you know that's that's gonna be where he's gonna try to hurt us at. Now he can get downhill to the rim. You're hoping that the injury he has will kind of limit him from doing that. But honestly, that's not really where we're hurting. We're hurting because we're giving up a lot of threes to the Kings. And I'm going to get into the so, so, sort of the game stats against them. So if you look at, you know, just the per game stats in those four games, the Rockets are giving up 44 percent from three to the Kings. Um, that is definitely unacceptable. And, um, you know, a lot of it with teams that play the type of offense that they do, where they do a lot of DHOs, off ball motion, cutting. Um, screening and rescreening, similar to the Warriors, um, obviously having Mike Brown as their coach. Um, and, and so you can see a lot of the Warriors actions in them. And if you remember the Warriors game, we were clamping them pretty good. You know, it took Steph to get up to a different level for them to beat us. And I think that the Kings are, are our Warriors light. I think they're a worser version of the Golden State Warriors. And a lot of the things that we suffered from last season were things that the Warriors killed us on last season. Communication, guys know where to be, rotations. Um, and, you know, it was just a lot of that. And I think that if we can do the type of job we did, limiting some of the, the shooters and the cutting on Golden State, then I feel like we have a good chance against the Sacramento Kings to, one, not get blown out, but to actually, uh, you know, win the game. A lot of it is going to come down to whether we can generate offense. You know, that's that's the thing that a lot of it is going to be whether we can generate offense. And that's going to lead me to um, us to look at how our guys are actually playing against the Kings. If you look at, you know, how our guys perform on the Kings, just looking at raw stats, just counting stats. Jalen Green off rip in the four games against them last year. He's averaging 30 points on 48 percent shooting, 46 percent from three, which is nuts. 76 from the free throw line, uh, 2.5 assists to 3.3 turnovers, which is not great. Three rebounds. Um, he's a minus 13 in the uh, total four games. Considering how bad that we were getting blown out in some of these games, that's actually a positive. Right. That's a good thing. So Jalen is, is he balls out against Sacramento now. We haven't seen this version of Jalen, you know what I mean, where he's just cooking. And if you remember last year, a lot of the videos I made for Jalen Green were uh, him showing how he punishes teams that play the drop coverage. Almost every team he scored 30 plus points against are teams that drop their bigs. Because when he comes off that screen with Alperin, he just comes off shooting or he can attack them going downhill or he gets into his mid-range back. And on a rare occasion, when he's cooking from the mid-range and hitting his threes, then that opens up, which he's a weird player. A lot of players use their driving to open up the rest of their game. His shooting opens up his game, and then he can get to the to, to the cup, get to the free throw line, um, and doing all that, averaging 5.3 free throw attempts, which I think we've seen something this year that he's getting to the line a lot more. So I don't know if he's going to sustain the efficiency um, uh, for that he had last year, uh, against the Kings, but I think as far as his uh, just overall shot profile, it should be a little more balanced, a little better, and less dependent on him shooting 46% from three. Um, uh, you also have to factor in that he's a better defender this year, and the team overall is going to be uh, better defensively. And don't you know undervalue the effort that he's putting on that end of the court, impacting his offensive output. Um, so I think, once again, I said that earlier, I think that's a lot of the issues that he's having is trying to be a two-way player. Um, you know, uh, let's look at Alperin Shangun. Four games against the Kings, 31 minutes per game. 
He is averaging, let's see, 14.3 points. Uh, he's shooting 50% from three on, on just one attempt. He's 56% on the field goals on almost 10 shots per game against them. Uh, total rebounds eight, averaging eight assists. So he's averaging damn near 15, eight and eight against them. So he's definitely getting the ball out. And a lot of the reasons that our team is able to shoot pretty good from three against them is that he's getting um, those those passes out to the, uh, to the corners. So that's gonna be something I'm looking for. And I know they're gonna see it on film when they do it. Um, you know, the, the Rockets, even though the Kings are shooting 44% from three uh, against us, we're shooting almost 39%. So you'll live with that for uh, a Houston team, um, especially one that, you know, last year we were not a great shoot. We were one of the worst shooting teams in the league, which, you know, that trend continues. But uh, at least this year in the starting five, we have theoretically better shooters. Um, but you know, th those matchups are favorable to me. You have Jalen, he's, you know, scoring at his peak, averaging 30, uh, you know, three and three. And Alperin is averaging 15, eight and eight against uh, Demonis Sabonis. I actually like that matchup um, between the two of them. Um, when you look at um, how they how they match up against each other. Um, so for Alperin, his role here is going to be a little bit different um, as he plays them. Uh, a lot of the times they ran a lot of pick and rolls with with uh, with him and Jalen and him and Kevin Porter and the Kings will overhelp because just like any team that plays a drop big that has a big like Sabonis that has offensive limitations. And this is something that, you know, like I said, I've been saying uh, the reason that we struggle at rim protection um, last year is that. One, if you're going to play the drop, you have to be overly aggressive on the back end where the weak side is and where that low man is. They have to be willing to collapse the paint to come in and stop the rim attacks that teams are going to do against you. And, and if you're not willing to do that, then you're going to suffer at the rim. So the Kings, they really do commit to guarding the paint at the um, expense of giving up corner threes. So um, we were able to punish them for that. And the uh, coach Silas, you know, I do give him a lot of grief, but he would wisely put uh, some of the best shooters in the corner. Uh, Garrison Matthews would be uh, over there a lot against the Kings. You would have Ke Ke Kevin Porter Jr. over there a lot against the Kings. Tatum them really play the slot area um, uh, against, especially when the alignment is whoever's driving the ball, you would put Tate in the angle where the worst the person Garden Tate could do is try to swipe at the ball. The person that has to tag Alperin, um, you would put that uh, individual either um, at the uh, at the at the low or Garden the corner three, where they would be, have to come in and you know force that tag, which would leave their man open either in the corner or the weak side slot. So, you know. The alignment is going to matter. I'd like to see in the corners. I'd put Dylan over there because I think that, you know, he's shown enough that he's a dependable shooter. Um, if they're going to run, uh, you know, pick and roll with Alperin, which I would attack a pick and roll um, that Sabonis is going to, you know, he's going to be playing that deep drop. I would attack him with the pick and roll. And I would also attack him with some DHOs and see if he's going to drop on those as well using Fred. For Jalen, I'm doing pick and rolls. Let's let's see what he can do. Like if if Sabonis is gonna drop, Jalen come off that screen, hit that shot. Um, and, and and if he's if he's gonna try to play you up, try to beat him to the spot. And if you see a clear lane to attack the basket, attack it. If they try to converge and and stop you from getting to the rim, hit that little pocket pass that you're really nice at to LP, and he can get it to those corners where those shooters gonna be waiting. Um, so offensively, the Kings are gonna let you score. Um, can the Rocket hit the, hit the shots? That's gonna be the the question um, there we're going to have to answer can we hit those shots they're going to let they're they're going to let you score um 
Now, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, guarding them is going to be an issue, like I spoke of earlier. Um, you know, their offense, they run a lot of zoom action, a lot of, um, you know, motion strong and weak. They do some things out of the mid to high post with Sabonis in a different way than the Warriors do. They don't really run a lot of split. It's mostly going to be DHOs in the in the mid post. They don't um, they'll initiate the, their action from inside the three point line uh, because one Fox is not a shooter. So when him and Sabonis are running two man game, it's very similar to um, how uh, uh, Jokic and Murray run theirs. Uh, when you don't have a guy that's a great shooter, you, it's OK to bring that big man in, especially if they could pass. And um, they will do it where he does uh, ghost a lot of the screens, which means Sabonis is going to slip out and try to attack you when you're trying to uh, navigate their handoffs and their screenings. Um, so, And while all that is happening, they're going to stretch you out with shooters all around the court, whether it's Murray, Monk, Harrison Barnes. So so it's a very stressful defense. But if you can play to your um, your assignments, you can, you can win. You know what I mean? You can actually win the game. Um, I think early on as they build their chemistry, they're going to be vulnerable. So I think the Rockets have a good chance. I liked how we looked against Golden State. Um, and I think that we can uh, duplicate that defensive performance against the Kings who, who put just as much pressure on you, but in, in a slightly, uh, slightly different way. So looking at the lineups that we played against them last year, the you know the top lineup with the most minutes, 60 minutes of game time played, which is a lot, was Eric Gordon, Jalen Green, Kenya Martin Jr., Alperin Shangun, and Jabari Smith Jr. Um, in those lineups, um, you know we were a total of negative 14, which is pretty good. So that they weren't horrible, and you can see why the Kings were giving up to that group I just named uh, 61% on field goals and 54% from three. Um, you're gonna get killed if if you're not if you if we didn't have the bench that we did last year let's say we were a real nba team and i still think our bench stinks right now uh, so that may be may be an issue as us going forward but if we didn't have the bench that we did last year let's say we had an actual uh you know eight to nine man rotation that was serviceable we could have beat them uh we should have split them two two um but a lot of the minutes that our bench played that's where we got we got destroyed and cooked um, but that top lineup, like I said, 60 minutes of gameplay, shooting 61% on field goals, 54% from threes is, is nuts, uh, a negative 14. Um, and the next second most used lineup was 14 minutes of games played. Um, and when the four games was Jalen Green, Kenyon Martin, Tate, Shangun, and Jabari Smith. So you're replacing um, Eric Gordon with Tate, which obviously is going to impact your field goal percentage and your shooting. So instead of 61, we dropped down to 54 on field goals and then 42 from three which is still pretty good i'm um, still pretty good that lineup was slightly better at a minus nine uh on there and i think what you know tate offers is a little bit more rebounding a little bit more cutting in those lineups um and the third most used lineup which is actually the best lineup that we played against the kings was only played seven minutes which to me, it's either Coach Silas was tanking or he's, he just was not great at his job, which I think it's the latter um, because I have a lot of evidence to show that. But Jalen Green, KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tate, um, Tari Eason and Alperin Shangun. So this was a, a lineup that played in two games only. And I think uh, Kevin Porter was hurt in the I think the first maybe two or three times we played them. Um, he might have been hurt. And you look at that lineup. Um, only seven minutes played. They shot 61% from the field, 100% from three on only four attempts, but only seven minutes played. Um, you know, 85 from the free throw line. That lineup was a plus six. 
in those seven minutes that we played. So once again, just like putting together lineups, you look at what makes that lineup look good. Jalen Green is still there. Alperin Shangun is still there, right? So those guys are carryovers since this year. What's different than our starting lineup? Eric Gordon, who was, um, you know, he was pretty much done at this point in in his Houston tenure. This was after the no improvement comment. <laughs> so he was just on uh, what they say when you actively quitting on the job. So he was done. But you look at that lineup. It's KJ Martin, a guy that can cut a smart a defensive player, um, a guy that knows where he needs to be on the court. Um, can we just assume and replace his production with uh, a better defender in Dylan Brooks? Yes. And a better shooter in Dylan Brooks? Yes. So you, you can scale that up to this year. Um, Tate is still on the team in that lineup. So it's Jalen Green, KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tate. Um, you know, Tate is still on the team. And so he can play within this. Alperin Shangun is still on the team. So Tari is the only person mi missing at this point. And Tari is Mr. Do-It-All, Mr. Win winner. Anytime he's on the court, we're winning. So we're going to add Fred in that slot. So we, the lineup that you're probably going to see that's going to be the most um, impactful, in my opinion, is not going to feature Mr. Jabari Smith. Because as we know, Jabari's still learning and figuring things out. Even though he has uh, been better in the last game, I, I am a little worried about his ability um, to stay on track against the Kings because they're going to put a lot of pressure on him. Um, so I think the lineup that's going to feature Jalen Green, uh, uh, Dylan Brooks, Deshaun Tate, Alpi, and Fred Van Vliet is going to destroy the Kings. I think that's going to be a lineup that's going to give them a lot of trouble. And, uh, and I think that lineup matches up with them pretty well. And and yeah, and I think that's the one that we're, we're going to go with. And watch Coach Udoka. Like if Jabari starts tripping early, they're going to um, they're probably going to give him an early yank pause um, to to, you know, for to get Tate in there. And I think Tate with the injury to a man Thompson is probably going to play a lot of minutes because he can he can double as a wing and a, and a ball handler. So um, watch out for that lineup. I think this game is really going to be swung by Jabari. Um, there's really nothing that they can do that hurts us except miscommunication and that pressure from that end. I think that that, you know, these games are going to be hurt by um, that. That's the pretty much to me, in my opinion, the only person that can hurt us. And to kind of illustrate that further, um, you look at some of the key matchups. I'm looking at Keegan Murray. So Keegan Murray is a guy that has devastated us um, in, in these lineups because of people not rotating to him, giving him a lot of open shots. Um, his top two line uh, matchups against us in the four games were KJ and Jabari. When KJ guarded uh, Keegan Murray in 21 partial possessions, um, he was shooting 30% from the field goal. That's 30% from field goal, 30% from threes. So he wasn't doing nada. Uh, that's 2.5 three-point attempts in, in, in uh, per game. So that is that is what KJ was doing because he knew where to be. He knew his positioning. Now you look at Jabari Smith Jr., the, his second uh, most frequent matchup, which is about the same amount of time as KJ at 17 minutes. Um, Keegan Murray against Jabari. He's, he is shooting 71% from the field and 88% from three on 2.3 attempts per game. 88% from three. So what is that? That's late closeouts, rotating to the wrong guy, uh, uh, not being in the position you're supposed to be in. So these are the things that hurt our team. You know, a lot of people called Jabari the tank commander from last year. He really was. But you're going to challenge him this year to see what is his incremental game by game growth, film study, all the things that Coach Adoka preaches for them. 
You hope Jabari can be able to see these things and, and be able to adjust uh, on the fly. Because if he doesn't, then you're going to put Tate into to be in this position um, if you're trying to win games. So the X factor in this game is going to be Jabari Smith Jr. I think he's going to really play a big role. If he can be serviceable on defense, then we have a shot because given his his attributes, his length, his ability to um, to cover space, he should be a good help defender. We're still waiting on it. But when he gets it, that elevates our team to a new level because our starting five is still a plus um, despite um, some of the weaknesses we have across the board with our guys. So for Fox, I think his his thing is, um, you know, he just he's a guy that he can hurt you in many ways. I think Jalen has done a pretty good job guarding him. He's shooting 50% on, on from the field against Jalen, but 25% on threes. So Jalen is not really letting him get to his spots or letting him get to shoot those threes. We've guarded him pretty well. When he switches out on some of our wings, that's when he kind of gets, uh, gets you know, some of our other guys. Uh, that's when he gets going. But um, just looking at these stats, it really does illustrate how much we miss, uh, we miss, um, we miss Tari Eason. Now, Alpern Shangun versus Fox, and the, these are um, some isolation possessions. Uh, Fox is shooting 40% on field goals, so Alpern, and he hasn't taken uh, any three-point attempts So in four games. So 40%, he's actually holding them lower field goal percentage than Eric Gordon and and uh, Jalen Green. That's why I'm okay with with the Kings. Like They can do whatever they want, even if they want to isolate Alp. So if I'm a coach, I'm looking at this, I'm watching the film, seeing how Alp is able to bait Fox into those middies. Um, let him shoot him. That's a win for us. If he's going to shoot 40%, um, then yeah, let's go for it. And yeah, I think that's, that's going to be a strength for us. Uh, Fox versus Jabari. Um, they don't really match up a lot, but when he is on Jabari, he's shooting 70%. So once again, let's think about these things. What does that mean? Are you closing out? Are you giving him enough space to get his shots off? So these are things that are significant to me. And the last, you know, of their their players, I think that could possibly hurt you, Sabonis. Uh, Sabonis versus Alperen Shangun is going to be a key matchup for me to see. Sabonis is averaging 11 points against Alperen Shangun, shooting 62% from from the field, which is unacceptable. Um, I've seen that out, he's bullied Alp in, in the past, out hustled him, out muscled him and just kind of gone to wherever he wanted. And I think that this is a matchup that Al Alperin should definitely dominate. And uh, he's just going to need to show that he's tougher this season. Now, he's shown it. We got to see it against some of the better caliber centers that he's about to start facing with uh, uh, teams like Sacramento and Denver coming into, uh, into town. So that's going to be a great matchup for us to, to actually see um, against. And, and that's going to be Al P's matchup. And I think he's up for the challenge. That's going to be an X-Factor. So those are your X-Factor matchups. To me, the biggest one is going to be Jabari's play. Now, think, thinking about our new vets um, and guarding their guards, whether it's Malik Monk or, or, um, or De'Aaron Fox, Whoever they want to put at guard, Fred's screen navigation, Dylan's screen navigation is going to be huge. So it's really hard to gauge the impact of that until you see it play out. But honestly, honestly, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. I think the Rockets can win this game. I think they can win both games. And if Fox is only going to play one, we definitely should win that game. Um, because without him, they get very um, kind of predictable. Um, so... You know, I'm not saying that they're a bad team. They're a really good team. But y'all know my motto, styles make fights. I actually like our makeup against their style of play. So that's going to be um, a really, really fun matchup to see. You guys let me know your predictions. Who do you think wins 
the game if you want to take it one at a time. So we were playing them Saturday. Who do you think wins on Saturday? And then who is the player that you're going to consider the X Factor matchup uh, in this game? Let me know. And if you're listening to the podcast this deep into it, um, go ahead and hit the like button. And if you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can keep getting great basketball content. Keep rocking with the chop shop and we're going to keep dropping that fire.